do you still have yours? Do you still have the candle from Christmas Eve service? You know, when I was younger, when I was a child, I uh, took it upon myself to make it a mission to not let my candle go out. I think I was about in middle school and our family had been at Christmas Eve service and we all got the candles. We sang Silent Night. Our lights lit up the darkness in that sanctuary. And of course, at the benediction, as we many times hear, the pastor says, your light shines in the darkness, so don't let anything overcome it. Let your light shine. And I started looking at that candle and thinking, how can something so small, inexpensive, with really no flair have so much meaning. I mean, how many times have I held a candle like this in church on Christmas Eve and all of those memories flood back to me? So on this day, I heard those words, you are the light of the world. So I thought to myself, I am not going to let this candle go out. So after the service, we started exiting the sanctuary and I walked right past well-meaning ushers who probably wanted my candle back. I held my candle and I made sure the flame didn't go out, walked through the parking lot, jumped in the minivan with my family, determined to not let it go out. It may come as a shock to you, but I'm a little bit of a determined person. You could call me strong-willed, a little competitive. And so I thought, you know, this is my challenge. This candle's not going out. And so I caught myself singing, you know, the song, don't let anyone blow it out, you know. And so the whole ride home, I protected the light. We got home and I got out of the van and went straight up to my room. And in my bedroom, I figured a way in my 12-year-old brain that it would be safe to keep this flame steady because, you know, there's no real stand. And I set it on my dresser and I let it burn. And as I watched in the darkness of my bedroom, this little teeny light create so much warmth and so much light, I was overcome. And so I let it burn. I let it burn all the way down to the nub. I did it. I won the game. I was the one who made sure that this candle would not go out. It was not easy. I had to go up against some challenges like the well-meaning usher at the door who just let me pass. I'm sure my mother had something to say to me as well. I don't remember that part, of course. And I have a little brother who did make attempts to blow it out because that's what you do. But I didn't let my light go out. I managed to squeeze every little bit of light that this candle had to offer. 
So on this Sunday after Christmas Day, I'm reminded that it's still Christmas. And I'm grateful because it takes, really, it takes some time to let that sink in. You know, often in the midst of the flash and the chaos of Christmas, especially Christmas morning at our house, it's easy to forget about the importance of Christmas and to zoom right through it without thinking about it again. But I've always been one to want to savor life's experiences, really to do my best (laughs) to squeeze out and prolong those moments that are so meaningful and impactful. So in our story in the Gospel of Luke today, it picks up right where Christmas Eve left off. We've just left the shepherds who have found Jesus, the Messiah, and have left to return home to tell the world and to praise God and worship. And so before returning home, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus go to the temple, and they do what is required of them to present Jesus and for ritual cleansing of Mary. And it's in this moment, in these moments, in which we are introduced to Simeon and Anna. So Simeon and Anna both were devout and holy older adults, well into their 80s, who had spent all of their days, if not most of their days, in and around the temple. Both of them, in their devotion to God and in their faithfulness, had been waiting on the Messiah. And they were sure that they would meet the Messiah before their life ended. And so, as soon as Mary and Joseph came into the temple, Simeon is certain that this prophecy has been fulfilled as he cradles the new baby Messiah in his arms. You know, Luke tells us that the Holy Spirit rested on Simeon. I'm struck by this phrase, that the Holy Spirit rested on him. Because often when we think about the Holy Spirit, we think of it, the Holy Spirit as movement, as motion, as a mighty rushing wind, as, as the tongues of fire in Pentecost, of, of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding. And, you know, all of those words have movement, have purpose, have power. And yet we learn about Simeon and how the Holy Spirit rested on him. And then after this resting led him to the Messiah. So it seems as if the Holy Spirit has been dwelling within Simeon all of this time as a preparation for his soul to receive the Messiah one day. And so he is led when the time is right to the Messiah to hold him and touch him himself. I feel like in my own spiritual journey, when I think about the Holy Spirit and when I think about being led by God, sometimes, actually all the time, I'm impatient for the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me. Because I'm ready to be led. I'm ready to have this revealed as to what God requires of me. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do. I'm ready to become. 
And so I'm searching after God and God's own heart and God's will, and I want the Spirit to have action. And so it's interesting to me that this reminder today is that there's power in the resting of the Spirit. And in the resting is where the preparation happens, where we are prepared, where our soul and our vision becomes clear and we are connected to God in ways that we never will understand. And that fog begins to dissipate. And then in God's timing, we are led, led by our Messiah. You know, and then Anna comes in in the story of Simeon. Anna is there. We hear about her coming in as soon as Simeon has proclaimed Jesus as Messiah. And in this discovery of the Messiah, she's the one who begins to go and tell. We learn that she has been in the temple for so long, devoutly waiting, resting in God's spirit. And she is led to proclaim, to spread the word, to talk about God, to tell others, just as the shepherds did, the good news that Jesus is here and that salvation has arrived. So over the next few days of Christmas tide, let's allow ourselves to rest in the spirit of Christmas. Because we don't really need to blow our candles out right away especially right after the worship is done on Christmas Eve or the presents are unwrapped on Christmas Day. Let's continue to ponder what the light means. Let's continue to ponder what it means that God enters our mess. And let's continue to consider what it means that God would come to this earth to live among us, to show us the way and to shine the light in this dark, dark world. So let's keep our light shining. Keep our light shining from the Christ candle that we lit as we rest in the power of the Holy Spirit. While keeping this candle burning is a great, great challenge and um, maybe a little battle of the will of showing strength. (laughs) Or, you know, but the endurance of this light of Christ goes beyond us and the games that we play. Because this light is the light of the Messiah that shines through each of us. And together, this light overcomes so much darkness. This light shines through us all, and I don't believe that any darkness can overcome it. And so today I say, thanks be to God for the good news and the light. Amen.